0: Welcome to GMFC Studios, God's Production Company. Praise the Lord, everybody. Happy Sunday morning. We truly thank the Lord for his grace and his truth, his mercy and his loving kindness for us. I'm just going to take a little bit of your time this morning. I know, I know, this is football Sunday, as they say. The big game is going to be held today, the Super Bowl. And everyone's gearing up and getting things in, uh, in the ready state to enjoy that game between Kansas City and Philadelphia. I know a good friend of mine, a dear brother, who's really pulling out and hoping, and I'm sure he's been fasting and praying for the Eagles to pull it out, my good friend, uh, Elder Sean Marshall. Brother, know that I'm praying for you. I don't know how the game's going to turn out. I have no prophetic utterance for you today, but I am praying for you, and I hope it works out for you. We just thank the Lord for what this day truly is about and it has nothing to do with football and it has everything to do with our Lord and Savior, Yeshua, Yoshia. We thank the Lord for him because in the very power of his name, it declares our salvation. Oftentimes when you're going through life, you realize that you can't go through this alone. As much as many of us would like to go through this by ourselves, especially if you've had negative dealings with people, the longer you live, the more you realize you need people. So then the question becomes, are the people in my life for me or against me? Can I really count on those people that are in my life? or really the essence of the question is, to the people that are in your circle, do you really have my back, like you say you do? Today in the, in the football game, there are teams of people relying on each other, hoping that they have each other's back. They're running back, the quarterback, are hoping that the line have their back. In other words, are willing and able to do what is necessary to create the holes and passing lanes that are required for them to pass the ball or run with the ball so that they can get to their ultimate destination, which is that goal line. We're all moving towards a destination, a goal in life, and our question that plagues us is, do you have my back? I have... Uh, people that we have uh, partnered with and we're in covenant relation with in uh, Kenya. And I get text messages and things from them constantly. And really at the core of many of the questions that they ask me is, do you have my back? We need you. We need your help. Do you have my back is really the foundation of the things that they're asking for. And as I always say, we do all that we can, and I never promise to do what I can. But we're living in a society that demonstrates a me-first mentality. It seems that everybody that you run into, especially in our culture, is out for themselves. When you look at the church, at times... It can feel like this same mentality has crept its way in, causing many within the body of Christ to feel as if they have no one to support them. You feel isolated and alone. This causes it to become difficult to determine who is actually for you and who it is that's against you. Or simply, are there people in your life that just do not care? You may be thinking right now to yourself and putting people in your life in certain boxes. These are the ones I can depend on. These are the ones that I really can't depend on. These are the ones I'm not really sure about. And these are the ones I know for a fact just do not care. You see, knowing who has your back is vital information, especially when it comes to your inner circle, that intimate uh, group of people that you call family and friends. I believe that seated deeply within our spirit is a desire to have a true relationship with others that serves not only as a source of our own encouragement and support, but is also a safe harbor during turbulent days that we will endure in our lives, a place where we can go and be vulnerable without fear. It is often said of a pastor that a pastor's wife it's supposed to be that safe haven, that place where the pastor can be vulnerable or in essence real without worrying about whether or not the woman that he loves is going to be there for him. I'm so thankful to God that I can be real with my wife. I can be vulnerable with her and know that she has nothing but care and love and support of me isolation and loneliness plague our very culture if you look at the current generation within our society we can see a great dependence upon technology for which we communicate with each other rather than just having an old-fashioned verbal conversation where you actually look at somebody eyeball to eyeball and just share words with one another I've actually seen where people sit across a table and text each other rather than just opening their mouths to speak. What I've come to learn is, and I've analyzed a lot of relationship structures in our culture, many of us have business associates, partners, and even acquaintances, but we don't truly have real relationships. Even among those that we call friend I believe that there are questions we have and fears that are connected to our belief in the loyalty that we share with each other. Can we count on them? Can they even count on us? We constantly play this wonder game. We wonder if their love is truly sincere and unconditional or am I gonna finally hit that condition that negates the love they say they have? Not truly sure if we can really count on even those that we call family and friend. I've come to learn there uh, isn't really anything that can reveal the inward character of someone quite like the pressure of crisis in their lives. When we are at our worst, the fear of support from those we hold dear is greatest. Will my friend, my brother, or my sister stand up for me? Will those that I have been loyal to fight for me? Even though I may have failed, will they still believe in me? These are the questions that really plague our mind. Without enduring crisis, the answer to these problems and these probing questions will remain a mystery in your life. If truth be told, we know that all those who say that they are with us simply are not with us. Somehow, just under the surface, we instinctively know that there are some people who we have allowed into our inner circle who do not have our best interests at heart. Look at Adam. We find that there is a snake in the middle of his garden. Look at Yeshua, Yoshia. We find that we have a feeding of our own Judas, We've been supporting our own Judas even as the Lord supported his. You see, betrayal can be one of the most debilitating emotional tragedies that you will ever have to deal with in this life. The shattering of confidence in others can linger for years and even poison the well that you will need for sustaining future relationships with other people. You've often heard it said, and you've heard me say, don't bring baggage from one relationship into another, but ultimately that's what many of us do because the well from which we draw from is poisoned by the experience that we've had. When you are in crisis, it uh, isn't the blatant betrayal that hurts as much as it is the quiet passivity of those that you loosely called friend. We are taught to treat all people the same. When it comes to their intrinsic value or their inherent worth, we should know and observe this. Everyone's on the same field. However, all people do not deserve the same placement or position in your life. I just want to be real with you today. Remember the things that I've taught you about the temple of God. It's divided into three sections. Now this is something that you ought to really take to heart. It's something that you ought to uh, really begin to put into action in your life. There are some people that I refer to as outer court people. And there are other people who I refer to as behind the veil people. Let me restate this in today's vernacular. There are those who are peripheral or casual acquaintances. And then there are those that are intimate friends. It is important for you to know the difference. Yeshua, Yoshia had the multitudes. He fed them. When you read the stories related to the multitudes, there's something particular for which I want to point out to you. Yeshua, Yoshia never anointed them, nor did he send them. That was reserved for the 70. Yet out of the 70, he had 12 that he took with him everywhere he went. And of the 12, only three would he take to the Mount of Transfiguration. And one would go all the way to the cross. Many people live their lives superimposing their own desires into their relational contexts. Those whom they desire to be their friends, they treat as friends. And those uh, that they don't like very much, they treat as enemies. All of us can tell these same stories regardless of our feelings of people that we treated as friends who in fact were proven to be our enemies. A few of us can even tell of those who we treated as enemies, or at least who appeared to be against us, only to discover in the heat of battle, in the middle of our crisis, those very people were really for us and loved us. You see, nothing seems to sift and solidify relationships like trouble. I think back on my relationship with my wife and through the years, I can see where some of our troubled times actually brought us closer to one another. The crisis in our lives opened our hearts and our minds to see and understand more about the love that each of us had for the other. When you are in the middle of crisis, your feelings, your projections, and even your prejudices no longer cloud your vision. Many people will live their lives never really knowing whom they can count on. Their supposed friendships are weak and shallow, never having been tested. They simply cannot be trusted in. In your time of crisis, you will learn who is really on your side. Having experienced crisis in my life, I have found it Is a way of determining and defining the relationships that are in my life while at the same time answering the questions that I've had, like, Who is it that I should call to be pastor? Who is God placed in my life to lead me? Who should I listen to? With whom am I supposed to serve God? You see, questions like these are answered in crisis, and that makes crisis a very good thing. You see, after it is said and done, Scripture declares, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12. While we spend a lot of time trying to run away from crisis, I want to point out a few things that are really important about your crisis. Number one, Crisis fortifies true and real relationships. You see, crisis bonds and and weaves your hearts together as nothing else can. If the three Hebrew boys who were thrown in the fiery furnace together in the third chapter of Daniel were only casual friends when they went in, they were most certainly friends for life when they came out. You see, they had gone through the fire together in their hearts and in their minds. They were bonded together because of the uh, pain that they endured or in their case, the no pain and only victory. Understand that the same crisis that has the ability to bond you to someone for life has the same ability to rid your life of the very person or people who cannot Or will not go through the fire with you the truth is those who don't go through the fire with you cannot go through the fire with you nor can they uh, accompany you to your next level in your destiny someone who does not fight with you in the battle should not be allowed to celebrate with you in your victory The people who fight with you in the middle of your battle will be the same people who will celebrate with you when you come into your place of blessing. These are your true friends. You see, the power of your crisis will separate the true from the false, those who are truly for you from those who only want to benefit that you bring from your level of victory. When you know who it is that's on your side, it's absolutely powerful and absolutely necessary. The second thing I want you to remember is authority. Authority is so vitally important to the life of a believer and it really uh, comes into every aspect of your existence. You see, your crisis will also help you identify those who are in authority over you. During your crisis, it is not time to run from authority, but it is time for you to run to authority. Because true authority will be a covering and a security in the middle of your storm. True authority speaks authoritatively in your life and in your situation, bringing strength into your spirit, soul, and body. It was in the middle of a crisis that the prodigal son recognized his own need for a covering of true authority. The Bible declares one day he came to himself and said, I will arise and go to my father. Luke, the 15th chapter and the 18th verse when he returned to the covering and the protection of his father's house, everything in his life began to turn around and the things that were broken and out of order were fixed. You see, the authority over him established order in the middle of his chaos. Your crisis has a way of making you recognize your need for those who have been given true authority over you opinions can be distorted over distance remove the distance and you might find the person is not as you had originally imagined I often think about my relationship with my presiding bishop growing up him knowing me all of my life I don't see him today like I once saw him because crisis has drawn us closer together we have a greater more defined relationship with one another I recognize and rely upon the authority that he holds over my life, the God-given authority that he holds over uh, my life. And I'm thankful to the Lord for the wisdom that I gained from it. Number three, people with good counsel are often hard to find. So when you find them, hold on to them. You see, a crisis will help you define those relationships that God has sent into your life to become instruments of wisdom, good advice, and godly counsel. These people have the ability to speak words of wisdom and truth that bring clarity, understanding, hope, and life right in the middle of your trouble. As you analyze the people in your life, you may find leaving some people behind is a good thing. You see, it's not always a bad thing to bid fare well to those people who are not called or able to go all the way to your destiny. Some people are only meant to be in your life for a season. When the season is over, it's time for you to move on. Oftentimes we receive advice that is outdated because the relationship that we're in is outdated. It's not that they are bad people. They're just not in the right season. They're simply there for a season in your life, and that is both a natural thing, and it's also fine. Your crisis will only reveal what is already there, so don't be alarmed. The people who are called by God to be with you cannot leave, and the people who are not called to be with you by God cannot stay. God will never allow to be taken from you something that is essential for your destiny. So when people and things leave your inner circle, your, uh, your bond of friendship, understand it's because its season in your life is not only just over, but it cannot take you to where it is you need to go. It is no longer an essential part of your journey to your destination. I've come to learn in my life that when things can be taken from me, those things have been voted out by God and are unnecessary for my current journey. You see, many of us are playing that game that so many people like to watch on TV, uh, you know, Survivor, people getting voted off the island. People of God, I'm here to tell you that God sometimes votes things and people out of your life. He wants them off your island because they're not going to be a help to you. If I go through a crisis and I never hear from a person who I thought would call me, I don't have to be mad at that person because the truth is he or she was obviously not essential or necessary to get me to where it is I am going. You see, too often we look to hear from people that God never gave a message to give us then we get frustrated when those people have nothing to say to us most people are so afraid of good people walking away from them that they don't fear the mediocre or the negative or the short-sighted people who are staying with them we need to let it shake a bit in our crisis shaking is going to take place just let it shake The fact is the shaking must happen because wrong affiliations and wrong associations will impede our walk with God. People who don't want you to grow, they don't want you to change, they don't want you to move on to another level, are comfortable with you being the way you are because they can handle you and control you in your current climate. But if you move to another atmosphere, you're beyond their ability to control. This is not acceptable to God and should not be acceptable to you. Your crisis is a great way to open your eyes and break you free from people or situations that are just not healthy for you. Too many people are exercising poor health in their relationships. There's something that we must never forget. Our Christian walk is a journey. And when one of us stops walking, we part company. If one of us falls down or stumbles, that's fine. But when someone quits, the other will walk right on past. Looking back over past friendships that, uh, that I've had, I found that some friendships even have an expiration date. When you go to the grocery store and you purchase food, you'll find that most food items uh, have an expiration date that's stamped on them. The expiration date is a period of time where the quality, the integrity, the taste, and the benefit of the food is no longer good for you. It's good between this time and this time, but after that, it's going to lose its effectiveness. It's going to lose its benefit. It's going to lose its flavor. Certain people are called into your life just for a season, and when the season has passed, their friendship is not what it once was. It changes, it expires, and that's all right. When someone moves on, we often have a hard time disconnecting without demonizing that person. Too often, to ease the pain of their leaving, we distance ourselves from the person that we feel has offended us by their absence, and then with distance comes distortion. Emotional, political, or physical distance distorts our perspective and it makes e- it makes it easy for us to minimize the pain that others are experiencing you see this is why in a war situation we individually or collectively seek to distance ourselves from our enemies we dehumanize them we demonize them which provides for us the necessary psychological footing to continue to feel good about ourselves while we are annihilating other people somehow we expect hostile behavior from our enemies but when those you have trusted and thought were on your side begin to distance themselves or even worse turn on you like an enemy the pain can be extremely excruciating emotionally psychologically and spiritually It is at this point in our crisis that you need to evaluate those who are around you. Instead of pushing away from real relationships, pull into what I call power relationships surround yourself with people who are positive believe in the highest in you you yeah they, they genuinely want the best for you they see in you what others cannot or refuse to see they they understand the potential of your future and know it will come to pass they believe in you and the calling that God has upon your life even on the days when you no longer believe in yourself these people they cheer you you on through sun rain sleet or snow while at the same time speak truth and love being a cushion of comfort and a shield of protection you see these kind of people are a rare treasure and they are worth uh, their worth is far more valuable than that of gold and the more gold is purified in fire the more valuable that gold becomes similarly true power friendships and relationships are found in the fire of affliction and in the crucible of your crisis is there a blessing in disguise that I've not seen in the middle of my crisis is there a blessing in the crisis that shakes your friendship to the ground absolutely most people wander through life with a lukewarm dispassionate entourage of networked people who never have been forced to take a stand with you crisis has a way of revealing to you in an undeniable way those who are really connected to you in the bible Job's so-called friends could only help him inventory his problems. And in in addition to that, they helped to assign the blame for the crisis that was uh, directly affecting Job. And they put that blame on Job himself. In the multitudes that were fed, the multitudes that were taught, the multitudes that were helped by Yeshua, Yoshia, they found it best to keep their distance when their association with him proved to not be as popular as they initially thought it was going to be. You see, they thought he came to deliver them from Roman rule, but they didn't realize that the temporary things of this life are nothing compared to the eternal place that we hold with God. Now, on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, there are heroes who have been placed in your life. Unrecognized by you, they may be so far, but they are willing and waiting to rise to the occasion. They just need an occasion. In either respect, you don't always know who they are and whether they are for you or against you. Even though they don't know who they are until your crisis hits, when trouble comes knocking, the politically correct and the self preservationists take cover while your covenant connections burst forward. Those who are called to stand with you will prove their loyalty by taking your crisis as if it was their own crisis. They take it personally. They will feel as if your crisis is their crisis as well. They take a vested interest in your struggle and therefore they share in your outcome. You see, this eye-opening time of crisis can be bittersweet. Some people you thought would always be with you will suddenly excuse themselves for your life while others whose inward motivations you never really were sure of help you shoulder the burden that that you weren't able to uh, manage yourself. You simply don't know who is on your side until crisis comes. And you need to know. Saints of God, there are too many of us that have relationships that we need to put on the back burner and, back, and relationships we put on the back burner that we need to bring to the forefront. I believe that God never hides from us. We already know within the recesses of our heart, in our spirit, who it is that we should be in right relationship. Outside of Yeshua, Yoshia, God has surrounded us with a support system. The question that really plagues you today Do you know who they are? And if you don't know who they are, you ought to go to God who will give you clarity and understanding. You ought to look at what you're dealing with in life even right now. And if you look at your crisis and then those that are with you, you will find who is truly on your side. They may not be a big name, They may not have all kinds of resources, but when you are in your trench and you're trying to dig your way out, you'll look and see that that person or those people are right there in the trench with you, not there watching what you're doing, but they've got their own shovels and they're trying to get you out. People of God, Stop looking for the fancy relationship and focus on the real relationship. The enemy will send people in your life to keep you stagnant. It's time for you to move forward to your destiny in God. Shake off that which isn't moving because what's not moving is dead. And if it is dead, It is not good for you. People of God know that I love you. This is the message God has given me to share with you today. Analyze your surroundings. Look at the people that are in your life. Because some people are past their expiration date. And as my wife likes to do, which my son and I... Uh, My oldest son isn't with us in our home. My youngest son is still here with us in our home. We have like an inside family joke that if anything is in the refrigerator more than a couple of days, if you really want it, you better eat it because it's going to get tossed. It doesn't even really matter if the stamped on expiration date has come or gone. My wife doesn't like things to just be lying around. Stop letting things lie around in your life that are doing absolutely nothing for you. These are the anchors that the enemy wants to use to hold you in place so you cannot move to the victory that God has already created before you. Shake them loose. Move on into your destiny and enjoy the victory that God has secured for you through Yeshua, your our Savior, and our help, our strength, and our joy. Know that God loves you, and so do I. Have a blessed Sunday. This has been a production of the GMFC Studios. God bless you.